Hey everyone, we're continuing in Mark chapter 13, and I, I wanted to give you guys a nice little summary of this, but I really think the thing that matters the most with this, and hopefully you got a chance to watch the, the video I already released uh, about Mark chapter 13, and just uh, some tools for helping you to wrestle with difficult to understand passages. Um, and I would just going to sum this up by saying that there are some things that he talks about in this text that are about 70 AD and the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem at the hand of the Romans. Some of what he talks about is future yet to happen events. And maybe there's some overlap in there. There's disagreement among Christian scholars on that. But a lot of eschatology, just that study of end times is very hard to understand. But watch that first video so that you can get some tools for really understanding how to wrestle with, you know, hard to understand and, and get passages. But what I want to focus on is the imperatives, because the end is coming. There will be an end. So what should I be doing? Why should that matter to me? And you'll just notice that um, there are a handful of things that are very clear in what Jesus gives it to us. Some clear imperatives, like, for example, verse 5, he says, See that no one leads you astray. We want to be careful about that. Verse 9, but be on your guard. Verse 23, but be on your guard. And then starting with verse 32, I really think he gives us some things that we can really hang our hat on and really know how, okay, so there are a lot of these things that about the future and the passages that we find in the New Testament and the Old Testament about the end times, they're really hard to understand. There's less clarity than we wish there was. But verse 32 and following through the end of the passage, I think give us some really awesome things for us. Let me just go ahead and walk through that. He says, but concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. This is extremely important passage. Um, anybody that goes and tells you, okay, the world is going to end at this date. Jesus is going to come back on this date. They're wrong. That's not possible. Jesus is ruling that out. He's saying that even I don't know when that's going to be. Only the father knows. Okay, so if we don't know, Jesus doesn't even know, uh, well, then what should we know? And that that's what he talks about next. He says that we need to be on guard. Keep awake. For you do not know when the time will come. That's kind of the sum up for how we need to take these passages. He's coming back. That's clear. But we don't know when that is. And because we don't know when that is, we can't have any times or moments where we're just kind of doing what we want. You know, if we knew that Jesus was going to come back next week, then we would have the opportunity to just quit our jobs and do whatever we want. Or if we knew that he was coming back in, you know, a thousand years from now, then we could, you know, just feel free to like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. I think part of the reason we don't know is he wants us to have a little bit of urgency for the short amount of time that we have on earth to make an impact. And he kind of goes into that a little bit. He said, so in summarizing all of this, he says, it's like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. And I really want to highlight there that there. Jesus left and he left his servants in charge. That's us. That's his followers, the people that are following Jesus. And he's, he gave us each jobs. And so I just want to ask you is like, what's your calling? What, what's the things that God's called you to? 
you know, as a, as a parent maybe, or as a son or daughter, uh, as a spouse, as a neighbor, as an employee, as an employer, as a brother and sister within the church. These are all things that God calls us to, where he expects us to follow him and be obedient with him. There's a job to do. And he uses the example of like the doorkeeper. It's like if the guy who's guarding the door falls asleep, that's not a great doorkeeper. The whole, whole point of being the guy at the door is that you're awake to open it for people that need to come in and to keep it closed for people that need to stay out. That's his job. So you can't be falling asleep. And I think that's a really common thing, especially in our culture, as our the world is telling us to care about this and care about that, you know, kind of goes with what we were talking last week about idolatry and all the things that draw us. Those are things that I believe lull us to sleep and f- cause us to forget the things that really matter. And just continuing on, it says, Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come. In the evening, or at midnight, or when the, cru- the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all. So he's talking to his disciples, but he's also talking to all of us as Christians. He says, stay awake. So I don't know when he's coming back. I'm even a little confused about all the order of events and how all that stuff will work and a lot of these things. Not saying it's not worth studying. But what is clear is he expects me to stay awake, to stay, to stay focused. Now, what does that mean? I just want to give you guys a couple of verses that I think enlighten it a little bit. He says, be watchful. That's that same word. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all you do be done in love. He says in Colossians, continue steadfastly in prayer. Be watchful in it with thanksgiving. Guys, the discipline of prayer is an, is an act of being watchful. It is laboring for one another. It is laboring for the cause of Christ and his mission. He's calling us to be watchful in that, not to fall asleep in our responsibility to pray. First Peter, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. <clears throat> and that's pretty dark and powerful imagery that he gives us there. But you know, you often see, like in the history of uh, nature channels, you see that when lions are chasing herds of animals, um, typically they go after the weak one, the one that falls behind out of the herd. Um, if we fall asleep, if we uh, stop pursuing Jesus, if we fall asleep to the practices of spending time in my Bible and spending time in prayer and in fellowship and vulnerability in my relationships with one another, if we allow those things to kind of fall beside the wayside, then I think what happens is we fall asleep and we become vulnerable to attack. We're no longer protected in the one another relationships that God has designed. So the main two things just really want to highlight for you guys is, okay, we know the end is coming. We don't know when that is. We have no idea. But God wants us to be focused on two things. Number one, our job. Do your job. What has God called you to? And then number two, to stay awake. 
don't fall asleep to, to get wrapped up in the cares of the world, but be mindful and awake, woke, if you will, to the reality of eternity and the fact that he is going to return. The master is going to return. And I don't want to be found asleep when he returns. I want to be found faithful in the task that he's given me and the work that he's given me for his kingdom and for his glory.